What a Day is brought to you by Monarch Money. Are you saving for a down payment, a wedding, a dream vacation? Monarch makes it easy to help you reach your financial goals. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, your investments, transactions, and more all in one place. You can create custom budgets, track your progress towards financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. really just makes it easy. After trying out Monarch for yourself, you'll understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash wad. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash wad for your extended 30-day free trial. It's Thursday, April 20th. I'm Priyanka Arabindi. And I'm Juanita Tolliver, and this is What A Day, where geriatric millennials who were wronged by Netflix's Love is Blind snafu can relax because the new Mighty Morphin Power Rangers has officially debuted on our messiest streaming platform. If I were Rita Repulsa, I'd be shaking in my boots right now. <laughs> On today's show, three people have been arrested and charged in connection to the shooting at a 16th birthday party in Alabama last weekend. Plus, you might need to send Facebook a Venmo request. Yikes. (laughs) But first, the Supreme Court extended their temporary stay in the abortion pill case yesterday, and thus, they have extended the continued use of mifepristone for at least two more days, giving themselves until Friday at midnight to either uphold or overturn that disgusting ruling out of Texas. That means the abortion medication can still be used for abortions up to 10 weeks, and it can still be accessed by mail without a visit to a doctor's office. And for once, this is a welcome, though brief, respite from the highest court in the land for pregnant people who may be in need of this critical medication. And I am thrilled, Priyanka, that the extremist anti-abortion girlies are fuming. Listen, I'm only happy if those girls are fuming. That's how I want them to stay. So I don't know. I think the court should keep it up. Like we should just keep this around. We can wish. But of course, this extension doesn't mean that we can expect a positive outcome here. What it does mean, though, is that the justices are taking additional time to decide whether or not they are going to effectively implement a national abortion ban by suspending the FDA's approval of mifepristone, which is used to perform about half of abortions in the United States. And when I say that, I'm thinking about the lower income communities, the rural communities, the black and brown people, the people living with disabilities and the migrants who need access to this form of basic health care. Totally. Not to mention, if the Supreme Court institutes a nationwide abortion ban, that would fly in the face of all of their justifications of states deciding and states' rights that they referenced when they overturned Roe v. Wade last year. And y'all may remember us discussing this in recent weeks, but keep in mind that this entire Supreme Court moment stems from a Texas judge that suspended the Food and Drug Administration's approval of mifepristone in which the federal judge refused to use the word fetus, declared it to be unscientific, and opted to use anti-abortion phrases instead. Wild. Now, when it comes to the Supreme Court, I'll be honest. I'm not confident in how they'll decide this case, considering that the conservative justices have already overturned Roe and they've made it abundantly clear that they will jump at the opportunity to take away even more of our basic rights. But the Biden administration is right to take on this fight for women and pregnant people at the Supreme Court and on the ground. On top of their legal challenge, Vice President Harris recently rallied with abortion advocates in California and she convened a task force on reproductive rights at the White House. So the energy is there. They're bringing it. 
Totally. They're bringing it. Everyone on the ground is bringing it. It seems like we know where the vast majority of people in this country stand on this. And we have for some time. But in addition to the impending Supreme Court decision, there have been reports that a manufacturer of the generic version of Mifepristone has also filed a lawsuit. So can you tell us more about what that's about? Look, it's all thanks to the chaos from the anti-abortion groups that are trying to leverage the courts to get Mifepristone taking off the market. GenBioPro, the maker of the generic version of Mifepristone, has sued the FDA to try to protect nationwide access to the medication and to reaffirm that the FDA alone has the right to revoke access to a medication if it is deemed to be a hazard to the public. Essentially, GenBioPro is asking the judge to prohibit the FDA from taking any action that would disrupt access to the pills, including suspending its approval along with Mifepristone's approval. And they're right to be worried because the FDA interpreted last week's ruling from the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals to include the generic medication. It's also important to note that according to GenBioPro, they're the ones who produce two-thirds of all of the Mifepristone sold in the nation, so any change to its FDA approvals will have massive implications. Totally. So how is the FDA responding to this new lawsuit? Radio silence. When I tell you they aren't saying a thing, their official statement was, quote, the FDA doesn't comment on pending litigation. Like, what? Okay. (laughs) But you know who is speaking up? Other pharmaceutical companies who recognize that this case will also have an impact on the FDA's ability and sound standing to approve medications that they manufacture. Scores of companies have reportedly signed on to an amicus brief filed with the Supreme Court that called the Texas ruling, quote, an unprecedented assault on the FDA's approval decisions. So that bit of support goes to show that this impending ruling will have far reaching impact that extends well beyond abortion access. So buckle up, y'all. They might be coming for it all. Totally. I mean, the abortion access, like we can't overstate how important that is. Like we have said it so many times on this show, you know how we feel, but this also threatens so much more than just this issue. Like this threatens all the medications in the United States. Like it really is monumental. So we hope knock on everything that they make the right decision. Staying on the topic of the Supreme Court, I want to talk about an update in the case of Rodney Reed. Rodney Reed is a death row inmate in Texas whose case we've talked about on this show previously. Yesterday, in a 6-3 ruling, the Supreme Court sided with Reed in his years-long efforts to get post-conviction DNA testing to try and prove his innocence. Before this, Texas had argued that Reed waited too long to bring his challenge to the federal court, but the Supreme Court disagreed. So now Reed can go back to a federal court to make his claim for DNA testing. Texas is really just fucking up with these court rulings, but let's rewind for a second. Can you give us a refresher on the details of this case? Because it's pretty wild. Yeah, this is truly wild. So back in 1996, a 19-year-old white woman, Stacey Stites, was raped and murdered in Bastrop County, Texas. A year later, sheriffs arrested Rodney Reed, a then 29-year-old black man. At first, Reed denied knowing her, but later revealed that they were having an affair. His sperm was found inside her, but he has maintained his innocence. He said that her fiancé, a local police officer, was the last person to see her alive. As time has gone on, the fiancé's proclivity for violence against women, threat against stites, etc. have come out. This is not a good guy. Sickening. But the all-white jury at the time did not believe Reed. And for this, and on the basis of being suspected of other rapes, not 
proven in any way, he received the death penalty. Reed was set to be executed back in November of 2019, but a lot of people became very invested in his case. It got a lot of attention from celebrities like Kim Kardashian and Rihanna. The fact that he was denied DNA testing previously raised a lot of eyebrows, got a lot of people making calls and really angry and upset. The Texas Court of Criminal Appeals ended up halting its execution and sent his case back to the lower courts. Okay, look, we can all recognize the ridiculousness of denying this man DNA testing, but also an all-white jury just decided to lock him away and throw away the key? Like, it's dripping in racism, but truly, alas. So how did we get to the Supreme Court on this? For years, Reed has been trying to get crime scene evidence tested for traces of DNA, including the belt that Stites was strangled with. Texas has a law that lets people obtain post-conviction DNA testing under certain circumstances, but his request was denied by a state judge in 2014. They claimed that the crime scene items were stored improperly, they could be contaminated, gave a bunch of excuses. He tried to challenge that, but Texas's highest criminal court upheld that ruling and ended up denying him a rehearing in 2017. So then, in 2019, two years later, Reed sued in federal court. But when he got there, they told him that he waited too long, that he should have sued within two years of being denied testing back in 2014, rather than within the two years of being denied the rehearing in 2017, which is what he did. So the issue of whether or not Reed had actually waited too long to go to the federal court is why this got up to the Supreme Court in the first place. You know, they're not talking about, is he guilty? Is he innocent? Like they are talking about this time frame, the statute of limitations. And ultimately, they sided with Reed. They said that the statute of limitations, quote, begins to run when the state litigation ends. In this case, when the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals denied Reed's motion for a rehearing. So they are team Reed and he can go ahead and re-request this testing. Well, color me surprised because that's not what I was expecting. Seriously. Break down the final decision vote count on how the justice ended up ruling for us. Totally. So it was a 6-3 decision. Brett Kavanaugh, surprise, surprise, actually wrote the majority opinion. Broken clock. We're not giving him credit, but he was right in this case. He was joined by Chief Justice John Roberts, as well as Justices Sonia Sotomayor, Elena Kagan, Amy Coney Barrett, and Katanji Brown-Jackson. Justices Alito and Gorsuch maintained that Reed had missed the deadline, but in completely batshit la-la land, you have Clarence Thomas, who oh God. embroiled in scandals of his own right now, as if there isn't enough going on to talk about. He actually wrote a separate dissent, not only, you know, disagreeing with the majority opinion. He said that there is no doubt that Reed did it, did the crime. Huh? He actually ended up appearing to urge officials in Texas to execute Reed, despite the fact that the court is allowing him to go forward and request this post-conviction DNA testing, it is just totally unfathomably crazy. Like, you can't overstate how nuts that is. Clarence Thomas is just like, yeah, actually, he's guilty and you should kill him. I don't care that the rest of this court is like, you know, maybe he should have gotten DNA tests. When I tell you that someone like Clarence Thomas, who wallows in self-loathing about waking up with melanated black skin every day, this type of behavior is par for the course for him. And I think a lot of black people listening to this will understand that explicitly because he is never going to miss an opportunity to condemn another black person. Like come through Clarence Thomas continuously doing the absolute worst. It's disgusting. But here we are. Obviously, this ruling is huge for Rodney Reed, but can we also talk about the broader implications of this case? Yeah, so this case really draws attention to the matter of timing, like when an inmate can make a claim to get DNA testing and use technology to bolster their pleas of innocence. According to the Innocence Project, which represents Reed and others who are seeking post-conviction DNA, 
375 people in the U.S. have been exonerated from wrongful convictions because of DNA testing, including 21 people who were on death row. So in states that were fully ready to execute these people. I mean, we've been talking about DNA for a long time, but this is bringing a whole new light to the matter of like when and the timing, the statute of limitations and how that works in these cases for these inmates who are potentially facing really dire consequences, you know, being executed by their states. So this is a huge deal. We'll obviously continue to follow any updates in Rodney Reed's attempts to get post-conviction DNA testing. But that is the latest for now. We'll be back after some ads. What a Day is brought to you by Viore. Viore Performance Apparel makes the perfect Mother's or Father's Day gift. Everything is designed to work out in, but it doesn't look or feel like it. And they're incredibly comfortable and cute and just the perfect thing to wear when I'm working from home or out and about, mostly at home because I'm not out and about. Yeah, yeah. I will say <laughs> I did not know clothes could be this is, I'm being dead honest. I did not know clothes could be as comfortable as they are before I had Viore. Yes. Clothes can be so comfortable. Nobody told me. Smooth like butter, soft. They're so good. On the skin. I, I just love living in Viore. Viore is offering What A Day listeners 20% off your first purchase when you go to viore.com slash wad. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash wad. And enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. What a day is brought to you by Ramp. We are all looking for ways to simplify our finances. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that true? <laughs> or tax week? Man. That is why there's Ramp. Ramp is a corporate card and spend management software designed to help you save time and put money back in your pocket. Two things we love to do. Love that. With Ramp, you are able to issue cards to every employee with limits and restrictions and automate expense reporting so you can stop wasting time at the end of every month. Wow. This is huge. Yeah. Ramp is super easy to use. Get started and start making payments in less than 15 minutes. And now get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com slash wad, ramp.com slash wad, R-A-M-P dot com slash wad. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank, members FDIC, terms and conditions apply. Guys, it's been a rough year going to get rougher and you deserve a little treat for not going insane yet you could head to the local tiki bar and tell the bartender do your worst but we have a better idea for you which is pick out something from the crooked store the store is stocked with tons of new merch it's perfect for the spring and classics like the friend of the pod tees that you'll be wearing long after the next administration or the next fascist dictatorship depending on how things go pick up a new tee for the warm weather ahead a mug that'll remind you to stay involved this election year or a hat celebrating your favorite pod go to crooked.com store to shop Let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines. Alabama authorities have arrested and charged three people with murder in connection to the shooting that left four people dead and dozens of others injured at a birthday party last weekend. Two teenagers who are 17 and 16 years old, respectively, and a 20-year-old man were each charged with four counts of reckless murder. And the two teenagers are set to be tried as adults per the state's laws. Authorities didn't mention anything about a motive, citing their ongoing investigation into the shooting, but authorities did say that the boys would likely face more charges as they gather more details about those who were injured. The suspects will appear for bond hearings in the coming days. State prosecutors plan to ask the judge to hold them without fail. 
Two cheerleaders were shot Tuesday morning in Elgin, Texas, after one of them mistakenly entered the wrong car after a late night practice. The shooting happened in a grocery store parking lot that the girls say they used for carpooling. Cheerleader Heather Roth says she got into a car she believed to be her friend's, saw a man sitting in the passenger seat, and quickly got out. She then got into her friend's car, and when she saw the man approaching, rolled down the window to apologize. That's when he started shooting. Roth was grazed by a bullet, but 18-year-old Peyton Washington, her teammate, was shot in the back and leg and is currently hospitalized in critical condition. This incident comes after 20-year-old Kaylin Gillis was shot and killed Saturday when the car she was in accidentally turned into the wrong driveway in upstate New York. And after 16-year-old Ralph Yall was shot twice after he mistakenly rang the wrong doorbell in Kansas City, Missouri last Thursday. And if you haven't seen a fucking trend here, it's all about gun access. And that is the underlying problem here. Totally. And these kids made such an innocent mistake. Like, it's not that they did anything wrong. It's a mistake that anyone could make, you know, turning into the wrong driveway, thinking someone else's car is your own because you have the same car. It looks really similar. Like These are such run-of-the-mill things that this happens to them just, like, makes you scared to just function in society. Like, if that's how it's going to be. It's so sad, and it's really scary. Yesterday, the mother of Tyree Nichols sued the city of Memphis and its police department over the death of her son. 29-year-old Tyree Nichols died after five police officers brutally beat him during a traffic stop in January. The lawsuit said that the beating was, quote, the direct and foreseeable product of the unconstitutional policies, practices, customs, and deliberate indifference of the city of Memphis. The 139-page civil lawsuit is asking for $550 million. Here's what his mother, Rovon Wells, had to say during Wednesday's news conference. This has nothing to do with the monetary value of this lawsuit, but everything that has to do with accountability. Amen. Those five police officers murdered my son. They beat him to death. And they need to be held accountable along with everyone else that has something to do with my son's murder. Look, my heart breaks for Rovon Wells and her family, and I completely understand what she's saying. And the heartbreaking reality is that she fully understands that this monetary suit is not going to bring her son back. And that's the ultimate injustice to all of this. Totally. The Florida Board of Education voted on Wednesday to expand the state's so-called Don't Say Gay Law, effectively banning discussions of gender and sexuality at all grade levels in public schools. You may recall that Governor Ron DeSantis signed the notorious legislation last year. At the time, the rule only applied to grades K through three. Now it goes all the way up to 12th grade. Like what the actual fuck is the goal here to just harm LGBTQ kids and their families as much as possible? Because that's all I can glean. Clearly. To absolutely no one's surprise, Governor Ron DeSantis was the one who requested the change. The board held a public hearing about the proposal ahead of yesterday's vote, and LGBTQ plus advocates were quick to criticize the measure for how it will further marginalize queer and trans youth in schools. The amended rule will go into effect after a procedural notice period that lasts about a month. I need Florida residents to speak up during this notice period because get on the record about how wrong this is and how harmful it's going to be to LGBTQ people statewide. Totally. I'm Amy. It makes no sense. Like, why is Ron DeSantis doing this? Is there support for this anywhere? Is anybody asking for this? Here's the thing. Within the Republican Party, the cruelty is the point. So he's literally flexing how cruel he can be yet again. It's disgusting. 
If you or someone you know listlessly scrolled a Facebook feed sometime between May 24th, 2007 and December 22nd, 2022, you may be entitled to just compensation. A $725 million settlement was tentatively approved last month against Facebook's parent company, Meta, as a penalty for allowing third-party organizations like Cambridge Analytica access to users' personal data without their consent. You may remember Cambridge Analytica as the consulting firm that aided Donald Trump's 2016 campaign using that very data. How could any of us forget? And while final legal approval won't come until September, Facebook users can officially stake their claim to part of that settlement now through August 25th by going to facebookuserprivacysettlement.com whether or not their data was proven to be compromised. You may never get back the time you spent looking through the vacation photo album of someone you haven't spoken to since high school. All the muploads, as we called them in my day. (laughs) But Facebook might give you five bucks for their wrongdoings and... uh, that's a little something, sure. It's not nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's a black coffee in LA. No milk. You can't afford milk on that. <laughs> Dust off those Converse, grab the Team Edward shirt from the attic, and hold on tight, spider monkeys. <laughs> Lionsgate announced yesterday the studio is in the early stages of developing a Twilight television series based off of Stephanie Meyer's book series turned hit teen trilogy. The original Twilight films were a massive success, collectively grossing over $3.4 billion worldwide. This is just the latest popular genre film of the early aughts to get a television rehashing as the network, formerly known as HBO Max, recently announced they would be adapting the Harry Potter books into a multi-season series with anti-trans author J.K. Rowling attached as an executive producer. Who would have thought the series about the teenage girl with a 104-year-old boyfriend who watches her sleep every night would be shaping up to be the less problematic adaptation? I am gagged. (laughs) Truly, I mean, no one. That was not what our money was on. They pulled off the impossible. Congratulations to them. I see no issue with theirs, I guess. I'm very, very excited, and I hope that they do the entire Twilight series with that blue hue that that all the movies were. Listen, I don't think either of these will be good. What? You don't think Twilight will be decent? Not necessarily good, but decently entertaining? No, I feel like no (laughs) remake is ever better than, like, the original, except maybe Parent Trap. We don't have to get into that debate again. Not today. (laughs) On the show, triggering. Bring on Twilight for me. You can keep the Harry Potter because I'm not giving that anti-trans woman any coins. So let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) And those are the headlines. One more thing before we go, we've got some very exciting news for you all. Cricket is venturing across the pond with our brand new podcast, Pod Save the UK. This hilarious and insightful new podcast is your go-to source for everything UK politics. Hosted by comedian Nish Kumar and journalist Coco Khan, it's everything you love about Cricket Podcast, but with a British twist and accent. Listen to the trailer now wherever you get your podcasts. Excited about those accents. That is all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, get that Facebook money, and tell your friends to listen. And if you're into reading and not just young adult novels about elderly vampire boyfriends like me, <laughs> What a Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at cricket.com slash subscribe. I'm Juanita Tolliver. I'm Priyanka Arabindi. And, and 420, 420 responsibly. responsibly. I feel like it's a holiday for a lot of folks out there. It's a holiday. It's a holiday for this whole town here in L.A. Right. West Coast does it different from East Coast. My yoga studio has a 420 themed yoga class. I was like, oh, okay." (laughs) I'm into it. 
What a Day is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Bill Lance. Our producers are Itzi Quintanilla and Raven Yamamoto. Jossie Kaufman is our head writer, and our executive producer is Lita Martinez. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka.